and welcome to another Grip Berkman Coaches Cafe, sharing insights and tips on the journey of moving from I to we. I'm joined by Dr. Paul Ford, author and pioneer of Grip Berkman and Moving from I to We. Paul, all of this, as we've watched you uh, and how the Lord has been guiding you um, down your own path and, and uh, the ministry that you have to the larger community, uh, more, more recently, the whole concept of moving from I to we. Um, I'd like to just delve into that just a little bit and, you know, where, where, where you see that concept going, I guess is what I would say. What's, what's, um, what's in the expression even? Why do we even say that we need to move from I to we? Does it mean that we cease to be I, that, that I lose my personal identity as I become part of the body of Christ? Uh, am, am I just part of the body or just, just what does that mean? Uh, one of the things I get to do is I've, I've, I've written a couple of books. And the first book I wrote, I would call My Theology of Leadership. And that's mm-hmm. where the concept of steward leadership came from, the fact that that the New Testament really isn't primarily a book about leadership. It's a, it's a book about stewarding gifts. That was um, uh, knocking, over you, knocking over the leadership ladder? Knocking over the leadership ladder. And um, a piece of that book um, that um, I, I, you and I, I don't think you and I, this one thing you and I, I don't think actually have talked about, but um, one of the, the key pieces in, in section one of Knocking Over the Leadership Ladder, written in 2004, but more true today than it's ever been, are what we call the cultural values. Um, and that be- has, has remained an absolutely essential piece of our Grip Berkman coaches training. And, um, and Larry and I get to embody a, 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 um, and train a lot of folks who work internationally. That's, that's part of both of our hearts. Um, and, and so the, the whole idea of, of the cultural values, the fact that when we move into another culture, there are cultural differences and cultural sin that we both need to be aware of. But specific to the question, one of the things that I I learned in 2004, which is now several years ago, was that Americans were becoming more and more individualistic. Now, this is funny to talk about this today, um, but Americans are becoming more and more individualistic. And, and stewardship, Steward leading is not only stewarding my gifts and modeling that playing out my strengths, but also then allowing others to help me. That's where the body life thing begins to happen. Uh, And what we found is more and more Christian leaders were becoming committed to becoming great kingdom leaders rather than wanting to practice Ephesians 4, you know, verse that most of us know, you know, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, leading into 13 to 16, um, primary equipping gifts given to equip the saints for the work of ministry. More and more leaders were becoming less and less committed to their primary role of equipping and releasing the saints and building the body. And rather they were seeking to become great kingdom leaders. And I have, um, as you do, Larry, I have privilege to work across the larger body of Christ, lots of different denominations, lots of different mission agencies. And I was dumbfounded to see this pattern in every, even the, 
<laughs> even the groups that would have perceived themselves to be more godly, mm-hmm. um, even those folks, there was this pattern of greatness in the kingdom, which stands in the face of you know of what you know James and John and Peter and, and but we're started at, and but going back to the cultural values that God gave us to identify back in two thousand four, we realized that that Satan has affected the church greatly on this whole idea of individualism. And so I began to realize, and, and here's the simple way that I communicate that now, cutting through uh, the morass, that when I walk into a room of 10 Christian leaders for the sake of discussion, I now make the assumption, and this has been true since two, probably 2008, 2009, I started making this assumption, and it's more true today than it was then. When I walk in and I'm working with a, a, a team of 10, I now assume that two things. Number one, that seven or eight or nine of those people will be primary I thinking and acting rather than we thinking or acting. Larry and I have privilege to work in other cultures, and one of my favorites is Uganda, East Africa, where their primary collateral for doing business is still we, it's still relational. And so the differences in, in East Africa and in, in, in our culture and cultures in the West were dynamic. So I thinking and acting people, meaning if they, if they were going to build a team, they would play their part so long as it served their purposes. That was the first insight. And I'll follow that up in a second. The second one I want to mention mm-hmm. is since we're there. All, seven or eight of those people would also identify that they had the, lead, the gift of leadership. Why? Because our culture has now made le- everything into leadership. You know, we have, we have leadership training camps for four-year-olds in the West. It's just, it's just maddening. Everybody has to be the leader now. And, and I, I respectfully disagree with some of my dearest friends. Influence is not leadership in and of itself. But now if you influence anybody, you're a leader. I think when you influence people who influence things, I, I don't think that has to make us into leaders. So those two factors. I want to be an important kingdom leader, and my emphasis will be on I. That is where the conviction began to grow, and it was through actually working with the group that's from your background, Larry, in in Chiang Mai, China, in 2008. Um, God began a work where we started. I I won't go through the whole depth of the process, but I started using language saying that God is calling us to move from I to we. And put simply, that is, God is calling us to move from I thinking and acting Christians to we thinking and acting Christians. And the language that we use for that is steward leadership, because one of the beauties of our approach to leadership is that it's we don't want you to become a great kingdom leader. We want you to understand who you are, strengths, weaknesses, needs. And then we want you to steward those around you to understand their strengths, weaknesses, and needs. And as you do that, a funny thing happens. The leader has to move from I to we because he or she will begin to see God touching and changing people around them. And that leader will realize that it's not about them, which is, I would contend, is the biggest problem we're facing. Now, that's, this isn't true only in the West. I saw this in Uganda in dramatic. I see this in every culture. In fact, the one common trait that I see in every culture that, I, that I've worked actively 
is the problem of authoritarian leadership. And that is an I who wants to raise up to become the king. So, um, Larry, I think that's a good summary starter of saying, and, and actually one, one additional piece, because we're talking about body life and because we're talking about steward leadership, our language helps people move from I thinking and acting. Secondly, mm-hmm. our assessments are designed, back to where Larry started this conversation, one of the second question, our assessments demand that I not only look at myself like this, the gifts, whether they're equipping or supporting or a combination, but the team styles immediately demands that the leader think of himself or herself in the context of relationships. And bodybuilding roles does the same thing. And so the thing that excites me most about this, Larry, and I, I wish I would say I was smart enough to figure this out, but as always, God gets the credit and others like you who helped in the process. What we began to realize was we had built a model that in that intrinsically, not automatically, but it causes people to begin to think we and act we. And, and once people see God begin to touch and change others, once you become a spiritual father in that regard, and then those folks go out and you become a spiritual grandfather, you begin to realize that the whole thing, and now we're to one of our patent phrases, Larry, it's all about the relationships. <clears throat> Gifts were given to people. And that's, we, we could go back here to Ephesians 4, 13 to 16, my favorite passage on this, where the certain equipment gifts are given to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And then verses 13 to 16 talks about how that happens. And it basically talks about body life. It talks about speaking the truth in love. It talks about everyone playing their part. And so you get the whole deal of this moving from I to we thinking. I, I love Acts 13 or 4, 13 to 16 in this regard. So. I'll calm down now. I'll just try. To <laughs> no, don't do that yet. Down, don't do that yet, because <laughs> we, as as we have been working on a couple of new assessments that are going with the grip, um, what we're going to be calling grip plus. Two new assessments. One uh, related to something, some work you did earlier on values. Uh, that, that's going to be for teams to help determine their individual values and their values as a team. But then the other one discerning direction together, how the team comes together to discern direction. And as the, as, as the task forces have been working uh, on the development of these two assessment tools, it has become very clear that we are talking about the need for a, a, new, par- a new paradigm shift, another shift from I to we, because, as you said, in our Western thinking of so much I, also, our English language has worked against us in this. Uh, looking at John chapter 15, when Jesus talks about abiding, we always think about abiding as being an individual spiritual discipline that I must abide in Christ, just me and him, and that it's a solitude thing. But when we read chapter 15 in any other language other than English that has a plural pronoun for the second person, for us, you can be singular or it can be plural. But when wow. we read that chapter in any other language, it is always plural. That Jesus is talking about all of you abiding in me and you are all part of the vine and you are all supposed to be producing fruit together as a body. 
And that illustration of a clump of grapes, you never see one grape by itself. It's always in a clump with other grapes. And the vine is producing grapes all over the place. Kind of uh, what you have said, Paul, about moving not just from I to we, but also to groups of we, to, to many groups of we that are part of the larger body of Christ. Um, as we're discovering that <clears throat> and getting down deeper into it, what you're saying is definitely a call for a paradigm shift for us to move our thinking to being more body life thinking and not just me, myself, and I and my faith in Christ, but being part of the body that is producing fruit. I, um, uh, <clears throat> for those of you listening, Larry and I go back a long way. And um, Larry asked me to, to do what we're doing now, I think last week. And the timing happened about an hour after something else that happened that caused Larry said, I don't know if the time is right for you to do this. But it was amazing to me how God had timed Larry's request for me um, to, to share this this the background on, on, on Rip Berkman and these principles. This has happened again now. This last Sunday, um, I was preaching and it was basically what I'm calling, um, I'm coming through, having come through a hard season of the, the death of my wife. And um, I'm now um, getting back to a, a, a feeling, a sense of peace and direction. God gave Julie and I a direction before Julie died. And now I will continue to carry that out. And um, in two different churches that are very important churches historically for me, Lowen's last October in Albuquerque, and then this past Sunday in Minot, North Dakota, I preached the second vision sermon about God's direction. The lead concept of that sermon is was from John 15 and the fact that for the whole of my life, I've been talking about discipleship as an I process. Mm-hmm. Discipleship is not an I process. And I don't have to explain it because Larry already said, you already said it, Larry. This, my friends who are listening, this is the greatness of God. Larry has already explained, I don't have to. What And, and this is part of what God is using um, in, in this new season. I think we may yet talk about this, but um, uh, I'm trying to discern what materials that God may have for me to yet develop in support of, of, of John Blake and Larry and Susan and the the, the, the Grip Berkman leadership now co- becoming the I to we leadership team. I want to support them. And one of the primary things I'm feeling led to do is to develop an, a we discipleship devotional mm. because everybody treats, Larry said it, in, that spiritual growth is an individual process. But if we go back to one of the core passages for all of us in discipleship, John 15, Larry laid it out. Grapes don't grow alone. They grow in clusters. They thrive in clusters. That's the way God designed it. So again, and and I've also begun to realize, Larry, that um, uh, through three people, God has brought in my life. This is what part of what I preached about. God brought three people into my life, um, who one who, who became a new Christian, another who um, may have had a walk but had fallen away and uh, through the a death in her family, had, had, is now wanting to renew with Jesus and go deeper. Um, I realized that everything I've developed to date has been more to help change the mind of leaders mm. and that there was nothing of a basic discipleship nature. And then it hit me 
What if, Larry, you've certainly already thought this as well. What if we started young believers thinking we from the very beginning? Uh, very much, you know, one of the problems with spiritual gifting is we tell people they can't use their spiritual gifts until they're mature, until they've been mm -hmm. in the Word. Not true. I've seen amazing things from weak old Christians in a Bible study who share an insight from the Word that people go, where did you get that? Well, they got it from the Spirit of God. It's a, it's a spiritual gift. Now, they have to learn to ride that gift like riding a bumpy bronco, yes. <laughs> but the gift is already there. What if we train believers to think and act we? which means most of us are going to have to change in how we, we do many things. Mm -hmm. um, but it makes me glad that in, in the last 10 years of my life, on almost every trip, if I've taken somebody with me, I, I, I just do things we. that I have to do it that way because you can, if people watch you, rather than you telling them about it, it well, and what we're really getting back to, and, and this is the last point because I'm getting way too excited again, um, we're really looking at a, a, a an apprenticing model of the way that they used to train blacksmiths um, and and others in in earlier seasons of of our culture's life at least where people learn trades by being alongside and so right. um, Larry, what you have said I think is really prophetic in, in terms of where we're of where we're going and and um, back to the the grip plus I really want to speak. Highlight that because I'm certainly excited because the values piece is, is um, and I know John Blake's heart for this. I'm just so excited um, for his vision to 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 see this piece added back in. And um, I just um, the people I was with this last weekend actually used the assessment discovering ministry identity before um, grip existed. And a number of people over the years that I've been continuing going back there, they would say. What happened to that amazing values piece? That was really, really good. And I said, well, we kind of didn't have time for it anymore because we had other priorities because of the Berkman method. And But now in the GRIP Plus, that plus the visionary direction, and I, I want to highlight Steve Hoke, one of our one of our partners for all these years. Steve Hoke was really critical in helping develop this ministry burger passion, which is still can, starts with individual calling. But as Larry's noting, it, it, it can't stay there. Those are the things that when God calls people together, the shared process of calling and direction is something they get to do together. And Steve really did a lot of our foundational work. And I, I had a simple thing, but Steve, Steve just made it sing. And, and now it's moving to an, its next iteration, which um, back to where you started us, brings us from I to we now in a direction-seeking process, which I think, Larry, your language is the best language. Hey, I hope you'll join us for the next podcast in this series as Paul Ford shares more of the history and principles that make Grip Berkman and moving from I to we so important for building unity in the body of Christ so more people will know Jesus. Bye-bye for now.